and welcome back to another episode of Joe and Matt having a chat. As always, I'm joined by my very attractive co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you today? I'm good. I'm getting excited today because um, we've got an Olympian on, in theory. Um, I'm sure he'll introduce himself. Quite exciting one. It'd be nice to know kind of the mental side of the pressures and how he copes with it. Um, but Jacob, do you want to kind of introduce yourself and what you do as well? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, my name is Jacob Peters. Uh, I went to the Tokyo 2021 Olympic Games. I'm a, I'm a swimmer. Um, main event is 100 fly. Uh, I'm 21 years old now. I was 20 when I went to the Olympics. Um, been doing this since I was eight years old, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been on the international scene for a little while now. Um, still yet to kind of make a, a, a massive name for myself. So I'm hoping to do that this year with, uh, with obviously Worlds now being back on, having previous, literally just been cancelled about a month ago, is now back on. Worlds is now back on. Um, Commonwealth Games, obviously, home commies, big one this year. Uh, and Europeans in, uh, out in Rome. So I've got a big gear this year. So hopefully I can make a, a stamp on the swimming world. Is there any of them in particular you're looking forward to the most? Um, well, it's got to be the home Commonwealth Games, really, uh, in Birmingham. Uh, yeah, this will hopefully, obviously I've got to qualify yet, uh, trials are in April, but um, hopefully this will be my second Commonwealth Games. Uh, I went to my first one out in the Gold Coast, Australia, um, which was unreal. Um, out in, back in 2018, that was, uh, that was my first international senior meet. Um, yeah, and probably, apart from the Olympics, probably the best experience of my life, not, not just my swim career. Uh, I think that was just a massive kind of part of my as, of my life as a whole, really. And um, yeah, definitely enjoyed that one a lot. So I'm hoping to kind of repeat the memories and and create some more at the home games in Birmingham. So you said that you do the hundred fly, just so you, or just to give people an idea of how fast you can swim that. How fast would you be able to do that? Um, so long course, which is the when so fifteen meter pool. Um, Olympic size pool, I can do it in 51, six, 51 seconds. That is, yeah. So, I guess to break it, what if you're doing it short course? So, that's 25 meters. Sure. So, short course, 25 meter pool, so it's four lengths, and I can do that in 50.2. So, it's just for the people that maybe don't understand how quick that actually is, it's four lengths of a standard pool in 50 seconds. Yeah. Jesus. So, there, um, there's me. Yeah. I did it once in, in 25 seconds. That was one length. <laughs> So to get it into four, that's, I mean, no wonder you're doing all these international competitions. How long have you been swimming for? Well, I started when I was eight years old. Um, so about 13 years now. I started probably about April time when I was eight. So coming up to 13 years, um, I was actually recommended to a swim club because uh, we did a we did some school swimming. So I swam for, I swam for the team, the school team. Um, and my science teacher happened to be quite deep into swimming. So I think she was like on the Dorset committee for, um, for, swim, for the swimming. So she uh, recommended me to, to join a, a swim club. And at first, me and well, my mum especially was quite hesitant. She uh, Even now, she tells me that uh, she didn't want to take me along, really, in case I like, couldn't swim that well. And everyone laughed at her. But uh, I went along. I got put into, uh, into one of the squads. I think it was mini squad at the time. Not sure if it's even a squad anymore, but um, that Paul Swimming Club, 
and that's where I kind of stayed to the foot like, for the majority of my career. I've recently, about a year and a half ago, moved away from Paul and gone to Bath uh, National Centre, um, which is one of the one of two national centres in the um, in the UK. One at Loughborough, one in Bath. So that's where I train now um, as a full time athlete. So you said kind of you you, you joined the team when you were eight. When you were swimming before that, was that just like for fun or did you just uh, enjoy the fitness side of it? What kind of made you learn in the first place? Type thing? Uh, so when I was obviously a lot younger, my mum took me for swimming lessons and my mum quite enjoys swimming. Like She's not a swimmer, but like she quite likes to go for a little paddle. Um, so my mum used to take me swimming quite often when I was a young kid. Um but I, 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 never, I didn't really train or anything like that before that. Uh, that was kind of just my, me and my mum going for a, some fun sessions at the local pool, really. Uh, maybe maybe not even once a month. Um, obviously, before that, I did like the Learn to Swim pathways when I was a lot younger. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, no swimming, really. And at what point did your swimming go from kind of just just for fun to a bit more serious probably not even until I mean I've, I've enjoyed my swim career all the way through so I, I still do my swimming for fun but the moment I kind of got realized I had some potential was probably when I was 14 when I got my first into uh, when I got my first national medal I think before then I didn't really see myself going anywhere with it. And even really then I didn't see myself going anywhere. I just knew I had a chance. I didn't, I mean, I didn't say, as I said, I didn't make my first international senior team until 2018 and my first, well, my, I made world juniors in 2017. And that was kind of when, I mean, it, you kind of have an inkling that you're going to gonna do well or maybe like you hope to do well. But it's still a surprise when you do do well. Like, obviously, you believe in yourself and, like, you tell yourself you can make it. But then you're still, like, at least in my experience, I was still shocked when I did make it. So, for example, back in Commonwealth Games 2018, the qualifiers were December 2017. And so the swim season kind of goes from September through to August and then back again September through to August. So from September to December, I gave it my all to try and, train for the December qualifiers for commies, which were then next April. And I, I literally put my heart and soul into it. And then, but all that time, like I kind of, that was the aim was to make commies. And even after I made the team, I was still like, I wasn't even expecting to make commies. I trained my ass off to try and make commies, but I was still young. I was 17 at the time. I was like, you know, so it'd be a big thing for me to make commies. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, be upset if I don't make it but in the end I did make it and I was absolutely over the moon with it and that's kind of where my swim career kind of really kicked off do you think that that kind of mentality of I just I'm enjoying the process more than the outcome helped you then make the team yeah definitely I think I think if you don't enjoy it or if you do it purely for outcome purposes then it takes like you're not going to enjoy it and it's, it's easier to give up because if like if something comes along that you do enjoy and you're not enjoying your swimming or your your other sport 
you're automatically going to be drawn more towards that and you want to do that more and you're going to have less focus on what you need to do. So for me, I think enjoying the process is definitely kind of a big, big part of becoming a successful athlete because it's very hard to do what you need to do to become successful. Like you have to live the sport essentially. And if you don't enjoy that, then you're practically living like not enjoying your life. So I feel like, yeah, enjoyment of the sport or enjoyment of whatever you need to do is, is crucial. I think that's kind of, you've got a spot on there. I think no matter if it's sport or just work in general, if people don't enjoy what they're doing, that's when it goes a bit downhill. And that's when they kind of, they, you know, start clock watching or it's a case of, oh, I've got work on Monday. It should be, oh, I've got this on Monday. Or turning your kind of hobby into your job is something that I kind of, try and preach to people it's what can you what do you enjoy doing and can you make a living from it if so do it because you're only going to push yourself harder and harder and you won't see it as work like I know for myself I love training clients and for the, the hour goes by and I'm like brilliant you know doesn't drag have fun enjoy it and go from there um so yeah it's good that you've obviously enjoyed the kind of the process whether you knew you were going to kind of do something from it or not Talk to us, Olympics. Just right. Yeah. How was it? Go for it. Uh, great experience. I think probably one of the best experiences of my life so far. Well, the best experience of my life so far. Um, just the team, team environment. Obviously, Team GB is an absolutely amazing team. Um, unfortunate that it was obviously during COVID times. Um, so. The, we could obviously we went out into Japan which is an amazing place amazing country and I was really looking forward to kind of experiencing a bit of that a bit of culture um, but unfortunately because of COVID we were very much kind of like refined to our so in the holding camp for example we stayed at a uni uh, we we literally could not leave that the uni campus kind of so we had access to a, a running track outside and then kind of like the main area where we were staying um, and that was pretty much it. We weren't allowed to go anywhere else other than on a bus to the pool back again. So that was that was um, a bit annoying. And once we were in the village, everything, everything was a bit more relaxed in the village. Like you could mingle in the village, go sit in the food hall with like loads of different countries, different sports. But um, you couldn't go out of the village. Um, well, at least Team GB couldn't. I know other countries had slightly different rules, but with Team GB, we were obviously very COVID safe. So we didn't want to risk any kind of performance uh kind of niggles or getting covid and spreading it to the rest of the team just for the want of going out a little bit more so you, um sorry yeah did you find kind of where obviously the team kind of like they stayed together more did you find that helps the team in theory though where you kind of you were around each other more did it help did certain individuals kind of do better from it or for yourself did you yeah I mean, we're, we're very close as a team in general, I think. Um, so I think anyone, if we were to go out and about, we'd all go out and about together. So it wasn't so much of a keeping us all together kind of thing. It was very much just kind of like lowering the risks of then going outside the village. Because obviously everyone that comes into the village has to be, t has to be tested, has like, does a test every single day. Uh, and that's another thing. We had to do tests every day before, like, as soon as we came out of our rooms, we went down, um, got our test kits, did a test and kind of like had to do that every day. So we did a PCR test every day. Um, 
which is fine. Like, I mean, I'm used to it now. I mean, I think everyone is really doing tests and social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Like, it came very normal. I think it would have been very different if it, if the Olympics and stuff was at the beginning of the coronavirus because no one would have been used to it. But I think everyone's like a lot quite used to it by then, so it didn't really affect anyone's kind of mental attitude or performance base. So, but I mean, ev- everything was really good. Uh, I can't take anything away from my experience. Like, it was still one of, one of the best experiences of my life to date, even with all the kind of like Corona um, effects on it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it doesn't take anything away. The best thing for me was the food hall, I think. The food hall was just, I mean, it's two levels. It's absolutely massive. They've got every food there under the sun. All you can eat, it was, uh, it was very good. So, so you're telling us that it wasn't representing your country that was the best thing. It was the fact <laughs> you got to go to Japan and <laughs> two layers of food. Right, okay, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Okay, so represent my country. Oh, second to actual racing and um, getting out there and into the water and swimming for my country. After that, it was the uh, the food hall, yeah. Well, now, now you've got me curious. Why was the food hall so great? I just, I, I'm quite, uh, there's loads of different cultures of food. So obviously they got to provide for everyone. So mm-hmm. like loads of different cultures around the world. So they basically, they basically had like pretty much every cuisine in like a massive food hall all around the edge. Uh, so you could go up and get whatever you want. So. And I was actually really enjoying all the Japanese food. So I was, I was in Japan. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat all the, the Asian kind of Japanese kind of food cultures. And uh, I was, yeah, I really liked all the, the new stuff, trying new things, like the, the steamed buns and like all the um, dim sum and all that, the gyozas and yeah, the sushi. It was, um, it was an eye opener really for kind of hungry, trying new food. <laughs> It sounds like a little bit of a ploy by the Japanese to overfeed all the other nations. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't perform as well, and then they take they take away the medals. I'm sure that wasn't yeah. exactly what it was. Well, it's the same everywhere. I mean, normally, to be fair, normally McDonald's sponsor the Olympics. I don't know if you're aware, but in all the previous Olympics, there's been a McDonald's stand at, right. in the food hall. Um, but that wasn't there this year. I don't know why I don't, I don't think they uh, sponsored the Olympics this year, but. Um, but yeah, so I think, but I mean, obviously, when before you compete and you got to watch what you eat, so you, you have the you try you eat what you want to eat, but you try and keep it like similar to what you would eat before uh, kind of competition beforehand. But then obviously we're there a bit after the competition as well. So I mean, in this case, we actually left pretty rapid after everyone finished competing. We had to we had to leave the country within two days because of uh, Corona. Whereas normally we would have stayed out there until a closing ceremony and. All that, but we had to go pretty pretty quickly because they needed the extra space for the for the village for the new athletes coming in. So we didn't all didn't come in at the same time. That's another thing as well. Um, even the swim team kind of went in broken up at different times depending on what what day you were competing. Mm. So they didn't want to kind of overcrowd the village unnecessarily. Like so, obviously more people, more contacts, more likely to get COVID. Um, even in a safe space like the village where everyone's getting tested every day. Um, I mean, luckily, we, um, as far as I'm aware, Team GB didn't have any kind of corona cases while out at the Olympics. Um, but yeah, so that's another thing. We all, we all came in. Not everyone was there at the same time. I think athletics were coming in as we were going out, pretty much. Uh, most of it, anyway. So you literally I did see some, uh, some cool athletes and people that I uh, kind of 
didn't expect to be seeing. I mean, I, I, Yao Ming, um, I saw him in the, the food hall, seven foot six. He's absolutely huge. Like, you just walk around and it was a joke. Like, he was sat down at the table and his knees were, like, higher than the table. It was, it was mad to me. It was really cool, though. So you, you talking earlier about food. I guess it takes a lot. Obviously, I'm sure, as you know, it takes a lot of training to get to that kind of level. When you're looking at you, your nutrition and diet, how how is that structured? What does that look like for a typical day, uh, especially when you're training? Uh, right, I have a nutritionist to kind of help. Um, so, like, I I kind of had a, I wrote a general kind of food plan and then send it off to him, and he kind of like makes like adjustments or kind of does the calculations for kind of am I getting enough um, x y and z in my diet each day um, but basically I mean it's pretty it's quite simple really like hit the macros so your proteins your carbs and your fats um, and you have so I, I tend to eat I tend to miss breakfast uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big breakfast eater but um, I have tend to have swimming and then gym so between swim and gym in the morning i'll have a smoothie which is uh, filled with like oats a banana spinach um some berries milk protein powder and i kind of just that lot just to kind of to supplement my diet because if as i don't i don't have breakfast in the morning i'll need something between that like the swim and the gym because otherwise i'll kind of just be depleted and i won't be able to push myself in the gym as much so um, Sorry, so do you, when you, before you swim, you wouldn't have anything before? Uh, not really, because I, I just don't like eating in the morning, like particularly. I mean, a lot, some people do. Uh, some people have breakfast and stuff before they go training. But um, it's just a personal preference, really, that I, I don't. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that, obviously, you're doing your swimming and then gym as well. How many swim sessions do you have per week and how many gym sessions do you have per week? Uh, so it depends on the on the, on the macro on, on what kind of stage in training we were. So we've just come off of our aerobic endurance block, which in there I was doing ten swim sessions, four gym, and a Pilates session a week. But now in my anaerobic block, which is slightly more focused on going fast, a bit more explosive, more intense work. But now we've kind of dropped the frequency a bit. So now I've got eight swim, three gym and one fly so I've dropped two sessions two swim sessions and one gym session each week just to kind of make sure that the sessions that we do do are at high intensity are as high intensity as we get which is protecting those sessions a bit more which is why I had this morning off I see yeah. so at the peak of it you could be training 15 times each week uh yes yeah yeah very much and adding in any other competitions I mean if we have a competition on the weekend, we probably wouldn't train Saturday morning. Okay. So that'd be nine sessions, but then we'd be competing on the weekends. So it's still a lot of work. Yeah. Well, a lot of work to do. So you're at the National Centre at the moment. Do you think that helps being in an environment like that where everyone is doing the same thing that you are? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely helpful. It's just um, we talk a lot about culture uh, here at Bath. As, um, we've got a really good culture and we've been recently been trying to turn that good culture into great culture just by kind of making sure that we put each other up if anything kind of goes bad or, or someone not necessarily that but like the thing is at Bath the culture is so good we very rarely have to put anyone up 
So like it's pretty, but yeah, it definitely does help because you got you're surrounded by teammates who obviously have like goals and stuff like that, and you're also um, obviously like you've got uh, support staff, you've got physio, you've got um, S and C coaches, you've got a head coach, and at the moment we've got an assistant coach as well. So I think yeah, it definitely does help being this in a in a national centre, hundred percent. And can you give me give any specific examples of why a good culture would help you and the people around you? Yeah, well, say if someone comes in in the morning and their uh, their moods down or like they're like not giving one hundred percent or they're moaning, it, that can spread throughout the uh, throughout the group. So, like if say if you got ten people in a squad and three of them come in moaning and tired and not wanting to do the session that can spread throughout the squad and can affect the session. Whereas having a good culture, you try and leave that stuff at the door. You come in with a good attitude and you like you're ready to train. And then kind of that also spreads to the rest of the squad. So if you've got loads of people really kind of hitting the squad, motivating each other and um yeah, helping each other out then everyone gets a lot more from the session. And that's, that's I think that's a, a big kind of thing that we've got going here um, at Bath is we, we do also congratulate each other on sets after we've done them, if people have done well. And uh, yeah. So it sounds like it's quite full on what you're doing there. How does that affect your personal life outside of swimming? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's a full-time job, really. It is quite... Um, it's quite time consuming with all the sessions we do. We haven't really got much time to do anything else during the day. Because say, say if I have swimming gym in the morning, um, I won't get back. That, that will, I have to be there while well, we jump in the pool at eight. So you've got to be there at like quarter to eight. I won't finish gym until at least like 11, 11.30, which means I'm back home for 12. And then normally I have to be back at the pool for a pre-pool or kind of like a circuit at 2.30. So that leaves me about two hour two three hour window of being at home which is i've got like 10 to have lunch have a quick nap maybe and then doesn't really leave much time for anything else and then we'll get back from training about 5 30 6 ish have dinner and by then it's kind of 7 7 30 at night and there's not really much to do uh, i mean i still on the weekends and stuff i still try and get out and about um so my girlfriend um joe knows her uh, out in Winchester so I go to see her most weekends um, or I go and see my family um, stuff like that just to try and you know take a step back from swimming and kind of enjoy life as well because like obviously as much as I enjoy swimming I don't like doing it and talking about it 24-7 I need my rest periods and kind of to spend time with other people and kind of just forget about swimming for a bit because it's not healthy to just focus on one thing for the whole time. But yeah. Well, I guess I'm sorry for making you talk about swimming for the last <laughs> 20 <laughs> minutes. I guess, I guess it helps, obviously, I, I do know your girlfriend. Does it help that she's also a swimmer? Um, yeah, I think it, I, I mean, guess so. I mean, it probably doesn't make much difference because we don't overly talk about swimming that much. I mean. Uh, we do a little bit when bits and pieces come up or like when like we're talking about each other, how training's been for the week, for example. Um, I guess it helps her understand my, well, each other really, our, our other commitments. Um, so she knows that kind of 
my swimming comes first kind of thing and she's very kind of accepting acceptable of that is that even a word um you know what you mean um and uh that that definitely helps um she knows how much it means to me because it also means that much to her um and vice versa really um yeah i think it does because uh, it also gives me something to talk about if there's something very swimming specific that's kind of on my mind or on her mind and maybe she wants someone to talk to about it and say if she wasn't she was a non-swimmer she wouldn't understand whereas I can go to her and be like look this is affecting me uh, with training blah 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 and she'll be she'll have like a different perspective but still kind of under, understand what I'm talking about. I guess as well it's quite nice so if you had to hit a PB so you could tell me you've hit a 49 second PB and we'd go oh cool because we're yeah, yeah, yeah. unaware um, and I'm sure Matt's the same I know I'm, I'm definitely with my girlfriend if I hit a PB in the gym she can she has some idea about the what, what the weight is if I went yeah, down yeah. someone that didn't go to the gym and asked oh, what 200 kilos today and she goes oh is that good yeah I, yeah I feel quite upset knowing that that's a lot of weight but I've squat and she's just oh well well done I think yeah yeah no no definitely I uh, get that as well I mean quite often after after I've had a really good session, I'll message her and be like, oh, I've been really fast in the pool today. Like we did this set, I hit these times and she'll be like, oh, that's that's like she understands what I'm talking about. So I guess that's kind of the same same kind of principle. Yeah. Well, otherwise, if she didn't, if she didn't swim, she'd be like, oh, is that good? Or yeah, well, well, it'd be almost like a well done. But you know, it's not. She doesn't, yeah, mean, yeah. she doesn't understand. Whereas in this case, you've got someone around you that does. I guess most people in your life now, because when you're at the national center, everyone's swimming and then when you're with her you're swimming so it's you can kind of share your success with people and then that probably links quite nicely to what you're saying about the culture at Bath as well yeah yeah it does yeah one quick question and it's about team GB we did people naturally mix or did almost like swimmers stay with like swimmers and like runners and runners or was it just a big family environment I think most of the time we were kind of in our sports be just purely because that's how um, how we were kind of put essentially like our rooms we like our apartments were swimmers yeah. our holding camp was like separate to like most others but every opportunity that we had to talk to kind of different sports and get their opinions and kind of see what they're kind of doing that we we kind of we kind of took so like, I think the boxers and some of the uh, different other sports thing uh, taekwondo were at our holding camp as well and uh, quite often after gym because we gymmed in like the same area that they trained I didn't really get much time to talk to them but I would like sit and with a few other swimmers and we'd watch their training so like we'd watch how they're training kind of admire how they kind of like their work ethic and what they kind of did in training what they like did differently to us um but yeah i think it was just because obviously all of our schedules were very different it was a little bit harder to talk to at all of the different sports but i mean we took our opportunities to, to mingle where we could but most of the time we were with with swimmers was there anyone in particular that you even just saw like noted you saw a few faces anyone that is like a big name in the kind of Olympic stuff that you were like oh geez i didn't expect to see them or someone that we may have heard of yeah. or I mean, Yao Ming is one of them. Um, I saw a couple, obviously, I raced against the swimmers. Um, so Caleb Dresser was in my heat, for example, in the 100 fly. Um, 
I also saw um, Andy Murray. Um, I saw Alistair Brownlee. I had a chat with Alistair Brownlee, actually, because he was going for the, um, the athlete rep thing. Um, for, for, he was the athlete rep for GB, and basically, I think you had to vote between like different athlete reps from different countries and stuff. So uh, he was having a chat about kind of um, why we should vote for him and stuff like that. So that was quite cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously all, all the swimmers, all the top swimmers like, I kind of saw and I spoke with for briefly, like, um, it's just, yeah, I mean, can't really think of any other. Uh, any other right, and Andy Roy is a pretty big name. <laughs> so, yeah. Take that. Do you think that because of how this Olympics went, obviously under COVID restrictions, it's made you even hungrier to want to work for the next one? Definitely. I mean, I think actually I didn't, performance-wise, I didn't perform as well as I would have liked at the, the, the Olympics. Uh, I was just off my PB. I was really kind of hoping for kind of a bit better than that, um, which, you know, at, at the time I was quite upset with, but uh, over kind of summer, over summer break, got a big break after the Olympics and I kind of kind of came to terms with it. Um, and I really kind of came back to training with like a, a desire and a passion to kind of do better. Um, uh, that already kind of has shown in with my kind of performances in December, our short course me, I was cracking out PVs like, like in every event I did really, like quite big ones as well. And I'm kind of taking that into the long course season. And, you know, I'm hoping to kind of this year's, as I said earlier, I think this is the year I want to kind of really kind of stamp my name a bit more like, and like, because at the moment, yeah, I went to the Olympics, but not many people have heard of me. I want to, I want to go to commies. I want to get a medal. I want to kind of like really kind of put my name out there a little bit more. Um, so that's, that's the aim for me this year. It has really kind of fueled me. Not so much the COVID restrictions, like the COVID restrictions. Yeah, it'd be nice to go to Olympics where there aren't COVID restrictions. But um, the fuel came from my kind of slight disappointment in how I performed. And now I've experienced the Olympics. I want to kind of go and then now perform well at an Olympics as well. Understandable. So what can we expect to see from you over the next 12 months? Uh, so the next 12 months we've got, uh, as I said, I think we've got Worlds, uh, Commies and Europeans coming up for the rest of this season. So that's June, July and August. They've all kind of been bunched together because where COVID's happened, they've kind of delayed all the, the competitions. So obviously with the Olympics last year, last year's Worlds has now been moved to this year which has now already got a commies and a Europeans in it. But I mean, as an athlete, you kind of got to look past, past those things and just like, and try your best to prepare for all three. Um, obviously, whether I make those teams or not is dependent on how I perform at trials in April uh, in Sheffield. After that, we'll probably take a break. Because um, obviously, after the last meet of August, we normally take two, three, four weeks off um, to kind of, mentally and physically just take a break so we're ready to come back I think that's another thing that really helped me last year is I took a big break um after the Olympics I think I took maybe six or seven weeks which is much longer than I'd taken before this um I think my max before was probably like two or three weeks but I feel like it really did kind of mentally stimulate me for when I came back but like I wanted to come back like I'd taken a big enough break that 
I was like, right, I'm ready to come back and I'm ready to give it my all. Whereas some other years, maybe I've been like, oh, I wish I had another week of summer kind of where I could just relax. I think that did actually make quite a big effect, um, difference for me um, personally. I mean, some other people came back a bit earlier and some other people actually took a bit, a bit more of a break than I did. Um, but I think it did make a big difference for me. So I'm probably going to look to not take as much time this year because obviously the only reason I took a bigger break was because it was after the Olympics and a new Olympic cycle had started. So we had a little bit more time. Um, But yeah, I'm looking to take a break after that. And then I think next year we've got another, another world's next year, but I think that's actually going into the season after. So I think within the next 12 months, it's only just these three competitions coming up really. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm sure you'll get there with your, with your mentality towards swimming, what bit of advice would you give to someone who wants to be a high performer, not necessarily in swimming, but obviously you've achieved the highest level of sport. So what piece of advice could you give to someone that wants to achieve a high level in their uh, circle? Um, I've touched on all of, all of the kind of important things already. So like enjoying what you do would be one. Um, try and if you can't create a culture at the pace you're at already, try and at least have your own culture that you aspire to do, whether that's to be positive or, you know, to always come to sessions, maybe five, 10 minutes before to your own little kind of warm up, like just have like your own kind of goal target. So kind of around training. Um, three would be to believe in yourself. Um, Cause although everyone kind of goes through ups and downs, you don't want to kind of, quit at your lowest point like you want to try and because it's 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 natural to go up and down and have low points um a low point for me was was 2019 when I didn't make any of the teams uh so I went the year before 2018 I went commies and Europeans 2019 I missed out on going to Worlds um and that was quite I felt I felt quite um hard done by there really um and then so I bounced back 2020 obviously then went into Covid so I had two back-to-back years, which kind of didn't go how, how I planned. Uh, but then I bounced back and came back and then went to the Olympics the following year. So, um, so yeah, just to believe in yourself, even when it's not going exactly how you planned it, it doesn't mean it's the end of the road for you. There's still much more just coming, coming your way. Um, and then the fourth, fourth and final, probably, to keep it short, would be to listen to your coach. Because everyone coaches differently. Uh, I know lots of like high quality coaches that will do completely different things. So don't doubt your coach because there's more than one way to get there. So, but like they have a vision, they've got a plan mapped out for you. So just follow that plan. Cause if you start kind of doing one thing and then another thing and then another thing, it doesn't add up. Like you can start to like ruin the process, just trust the process and like follow the plan and it will go where you want to go. Wise words. The final question from me, Jacob, it's one that we ask everyone that comes on. What bit of advice do you think Jacob five years in the future would give to you now? Five years in the future? Ooh. Um, probably just to keep going. I, I kind of touched on it, just like believe in yourself, don't give up. Because like the worst thing I think you can do is is to give up too soon. Or if, say, I actually gave this bit of advice to Charlotte the other day, actually. Um, she was just, um, 
I, I don't think she'd mind me saying she's kind of doubting herself a little bit. And um, just kind of, I told her, look, you might not make it, but give it your all. And if you don't make it, then at least you can look back and say, well, I, I gave it my all. But because I think this was about commies coming up this year, um, it'd be quite hard for her to make it. But I, I believe in her, she thinks she can make it. But um, but if you go to trials and not not having given you given it your all and then you don't make it, you're going to look back and you're going to have regrets. So I think give it your all no matter what. And even if you don't make it, at least, you, at least you've tried. But if you don't make it, you've missed out by a little bit. You, that's going to live with you forever, that regret. So I think the, I think the best thing you can do is, is try, really. And if you don't make it, you don't make it. It wasn't meant to be, but it's what it is. Elite mindset right there. Sounds good. Well, Jacob, thank you very, thank you very much for your time. Uh, right. Wish you all the best in the future. And I'm sure when everyone turns on the TV to watch the Commonwealth Games, I'll see the name Jacob Peters on the screen. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Jacob, thank you very much. All the best and we'll see you soon. Brilliant. Thank you.